Listen, there's a correlation between the miracles and the tongues. I'm going to tell you that right now. The being filled with the Spirit and the miracles. The two things go hand in hand. Even in Spirit-filled churches, they go hand in hand. Wow. See, we need, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying this is an indictment against any of us or anyone else. We just need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to let the Lord do through us what he wants to do. We need to have power. Look in James chapter 3. I'm going to go somewhere with this, I think. James chapter 3, verse 2. James, the half-brother of Jesus, says this. He says, For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. In other words, we all mess up with our words. And we make people mad with our words. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us. We turn about their whole body. Behold, also ships, the ships, which though they be so great are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm whithersoever the governor listed. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So the tongue, so is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea, is tamed, and hath been tamed by mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Let me sum it up with a sentence. Whoever controls the tongue rules. Whoever controls your tongue rules your life. Wherever your words lead, you will go. You are the prophet of your own life, always. Wherever the tongue, whoever controls the tongue. Now, last week we taught that we will be filled with whatever we yield to. We must yield the tongue to the Holy Spirit in order to be filled and release the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Only the Holy Spirit can control your tongue or another spirit. Mm -hmm. It's easy to yield your tongue to another spirit, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, just to say what you feel. Well, you know, I just tell it like it is. Or I just say it like I feel it. Well, you know, that isn't always the best way to go. We need to learn how to yield our tongue. Whoever controls the tongue rules. When we use foul language and cursing, we demean, we belittle, we're hateful, we tear people down. But when we allow our tongues to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit, our words will deliver. They will build up, they'll edify, and they'll heal. Whoever controls the tongue controls us. We need our tongues to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Any believer can yield to something wrong. I mean, anybody can say the wrong things. Doesn't mean we're demon-possessed, but we must learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit in order to be continually filled with the Spirit. As long as we are talking in disagreement with the Word of God, the Holy Spirit can't fill us. 
It's interesting. The Bible calls Jesus the high priest of our confession or profession, I think it says in the King James. He's the high priest of our confession. The word confession, the Greek word is a compound word. The Greek word is homo logeo. Homo means same. Logeo means talk or speak. He's the high priest of our speaking the same thing. Mm. Understanding tonight that Jesus' ministry as, as, as the one who died for our sins ended. The redeeming part is already over. He finished that work. But he continues to be the high priest. And the daily job of the high priest is to take the sacrifice to the Lord, and the Lord received that sacrifice. Jesus is the high priest of our saying the same thing. If we speak what God speaks, Jesus takes that to the Father, and the Father receives that sacrifice. Because sometimes it's a sacrifice to say what God said. Mm-hmm. And so we take that, he takes it to the Father. If, this, if the words don't agree with the Father, Jesus can't present that before the Father. Isn't that interesting? Mm. He's the high priest of our agreement. Agreeing with him, saying the same things that he said. Jesus said in another place, he said, he said, if you don't confess me before men, I won't confess you before the Father and angels. He said, if you don't agree with me, say the same thing that I say in front of men, I'm not going to be able to say what you say in front of the Father. Mm. And you can't receive that angelic help that you need. See, our words are so powerful, we need to come to the place where we allow the Spirit to take control of our tongue. This is good. I'm I'm really going to go someplace you'll like here in just a second. (laughs) 1 Corinthians says this in 1431. It says, For ye may all prophesy one by one. Now, that's a long church service. Uh, if everybody you know the scripture says in the same chapter it says when you come together everybody have a tongue everybody, everybody gets to preach and teach it says, says, every, he says he says you may all prophesy but one by one that all may learn and all may be comforted all may prophesy 1 Corinthians 12 7 says that the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man When we're talking about prophecy in particular right here, and and you'll understand just a minute why I'm talking about it, everybody can prophesy. Mm -hmm. Everyone can prophesy. We ought to all be prophesying. The scripture says we can all prophesy. We can all have a tongue and interpretation. It says says you can have a tongue and interpretation. It says by, by two or three at the most. This is my opinion. I think I'm right. It's not referring to only having two or three prophecies in the service. It's referring to, I can only have two or three. You can only have two or three. You can only have two or three. It depends on what's decent and in order. Okay, so it's not saying, it's not saying, okay, if you get four prophecies in one service, you're in sin. It's just saying, I can get two or three. All right, y'all look at me like, wait a minute. <laughs> I think I'm right. You'll find out later. When you get to heaven, you can ask Jesus. He knows. Okay. Now, let me go someplace with it. It says in, in, in that same chapter 14, verse 2, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. 
For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. Now the last time we talked about this, this verse, we talked about mysteries. We looked at 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 2, talking about that, that, that we speak mysteries, not with words that man teaches, but words that the Spirit teaches. Talked about that, that I hadn't seen or ear heard, or has come in the heart of man, the things God prepared for those that love him. Talked about speaking the mysteries. And speaking in the Spirit. And so we, we talk about that when we praying in tongues. When we pray in tongues, we're speaking mysteries. It says, But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. Mm-hmm. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all spake in tongues. How many? All. He said, I want all of you to speak in tongues. But rather that you prophesied. He's talking about in the assembly. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues. When I grew up, before I was spirit-filled, I, I would tell people that tongues was a lesser gift based on that verse. It says, that, that then he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Now here it's saying to us that speaking in tongues in the assembly with an interpretation is the same as prophecy. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with what I just said? If you prophesy or if you have a tongue and an interpretation, those are the same thing. It's like a diamond or two nickels. They're the same thing. So what that tells me then is that tongues is, is a prophecy in a different language that has to be interpreted in the assembly. Right? That's what tongues is. All right? It's, it, now, it's not the same. In a prayer language, we don't have to have it interpreted. Paul calls that praying with the Spirit. But here in the assembly, speaking out loud in tongues, it must be interpreted. So tongues is the same as prophecy. It's just in a different language. And that's why it has to be interpreted in the assembly. In the assembly. Okay, now let me make sure we understand something. There's a difference between a New Testament office of prophet and one who gives a prophecy. Mm-hmm. I think we all understand that. Okay, uh, the New Testament prophet... Most of the time, when you, if, if you've ever known a New Testament prophet, very seldom does he give a simple prophecy. Typically, the New Testament prophet operates in the gifts of revelation. Back then, we read that. It's, it talked about that there was, uh, or, no, I didn't read that yet. In verse 6, it said, Now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? Except I shall speak with you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying, or by doctrine. In other words, the Apostle Paul says there's a difference in the gifts of revelation and the gifts of prophecy. Okay, the, Most New Testament prophets operate in the revelation gifts. Those gifts are word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. Those are revel, revelatory gifts. Okay, New Testament prophecy is not telling the future. New Testament prophecy, we read the scripture, it says that it is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Mm-hmm. A whole different thing. A New Testament prophet, they're probably going to operate in words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discerning of spirits. Okay, that's just, that's just how I've seen it happen as, as I've been around. All right? He that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. All right? One time we were in church, this is a long time ago. And this lady used to prophesy frequently in our church. And one Sunday night, she stood up and she said, My little children, why are you so stupid? <laughs> and she talked for a few more minutes and she said, And you, and she said, And if you don't straighten up, I'm going to rain down hellfire and brimstone on your heads. Mm-hmm. Now here's the question Did it bring edification? 
exhortation or comfort. Well, no, it did not. That is not a New Testament prophecy, and I'm sure you can all tell the same story, just different, different versions of that same story. All right? So the prophecy, the prophecy is to, is to uh, edify, which is to build up, to exhort, and to comfort. All right? Now let me read you this verse of Scripture. In, in Revelation 19.10, the, the, the Apostle John says, I fell at his feet, talking about an angel, to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou not do it. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. Now this is interesting. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Mm -hmm. Now wait a minute. What does that mean? The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is to edify, to exhort, and to comfort. That's the testimony of Jesus. When we testify about Jesus, we will edify, exhort, and comfort. We will not condemn and tear down. The, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Okay, that's what I think that's talking about. Now let me get back to where I am, where, else, where we were. Ephesians 5 says, Be not drunk with wine, where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns mm -hmm. and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the spirit of prophecy. That... When you're talking to yourself, and we, we pointed out when it says speaking to yourselves, it literally says speaking to your own selves, mm -hmm. psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, speaking to your own self in these ways, that is the spirit of prophecy. That is prophesying to yourself, edifying, building yourself up, exhorting yourself, bringing comfort to yourself. That's the spirit of prophecy that's taking place as you are speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. I'll tell you that, when you begin to prophesy, it doesn't matter what you're going through. When you begin to prophesy that way, you can make it through anything. Mm -hmm. David got home. He did a knucklehead thing that he went to join the Philistines to help them fight against the Israelites. And, and, and they, the Philistine king says, no, you can't go. My other guys won't let you go. So they went back home. He gets back to Ziklag. The town was burned to the ground. His wives and daughters were, and, and children were all kidnapped. And everybody else's kids were kidnapped. And they all be cried. The Bible says they cried until they couldn't cry anymore because they didn't know what they needed to do. They cried. Then they finally said, you know what? Let's kill David. This is his fault. <laughs> This is my paraphrase, but that's what they were going to do, and it was his fault. They had no business going and fighting with the Philistines, no matter what their intention was. And the Bible says that David, remember what it says? He encouraged himself in the Lord. David encouraged himself in the Lord. I'm just, I'm just thinking David picks up his banjo or whatever that instrument he played was. <laughs> A liar. <laughs> he begins to play. And he begins to encourage himself in the Lord. He began to prophesy to himself. He began to say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Why are you cast down, soul? God is my source. God is my answer. 
He began to prophesy to himself. He was doing exactly what it tells us to do in the book of Ephesians. He began to speak to himself in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs. He began to make melody in his heart to the Lord. He was, he was beginning to praise God. That's the spirit of prophecy. When that was over, he said, bring me, bring me the praise. Bring me, bring me some of this. Let's throw out the dice. Let's find out what God wants us to do. And they found out what God wanted them to do. But instead, see, when we get to these places, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to take control of our tongues. That isn't, oh my gosh, what are we going to do now? This is so bad. What are we going to do? No, no, no. We need to let the Holy Spirit take control of our tongues. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, if we don't know what to pray, He will pray through us. He's praying the exact will and plan of God. He is giving thanks well. He, we are speaking the wondrous works of God, according to Acts chapter 2. We begin to prophesy in the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit take control of our mouth. The worst thing you can do Whenever the devil throws all this stuff at you, is begin to complain, to begin to whine, to begin to be in fear. What needs to happen is we need to begin to pray in the Spirit until we get words in English we can say right. Amen. Pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit. You know, when we face those things, we need to do exactly what David did. We need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. When we face tribulation, the first words that come out of our mouth are important words. You know, they've done, they've done research of the black boxes in airplanes and when pilots crash. Man, the, the thing that comes out of their mouths are terrible things. My prayer is if that ever happens to me, that I'm going to be blessing the Lord when it happens to me. But you got to practice it along the way. That needs to come out of our mouths. Speaking in tongues is prophecy in another language. My prayer language is prophesying in another language. It is a weapon that the devil simply cannot withstand because life and death are in the power of my tongue. Think about this verse. Jude, verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about building, edifying, comforting, exhorting myself. Not only can I do that, I should do that. Every time I'm facing that thing that, that I don't want to face, I need to begin to prophesy to myself in the Spirit, praying with the Holy Spirit, allowing the words of God to flow from, from heaven to my spirit out of my mouth and begin to prophesy, begin to speak. I'll tell you, the reason the church doesn't have power is because we don't do that. The Supreme Court pass some kind of ruling, and we go, oh my goodness, what will we do? Gay people can get married, what are we going to do? I'll tell you what we ought to do. We ought to pray in the Spirit. I mean, I know, I know the judge who is much higher than every justice on that court. I know him. 
And I want to let him decree through me his plan, his will. Even if I don't understand what I'm saying, I'm going to pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. You see, we need to understand that we we edify ourselves. We build up ourselves by praying in the Spirit. Isn't that good? I mean, when we speak in tongues, I want to tell you, it is the door to the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts, not one miracle happened until they spoke in tongues. Let me just read you some scriptures. Acts chapter 2. We read this. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They got filled with the Spirit, and the very next thing that happened was they said something in tongues. Everybody else, what they hear? They heard them. They heard them talking about the wonderful works of God. Now, it doesn't say they were the past wonderful works of God. I'm a firm believer. They were prophesying about the wonderful works of God. I can, I, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking they were prophesying that all those people were going to get born again today. That there was an answer to their sin. They were prophesying all this. And they heard them in their own words. They spoke in tongues. It was this manifestation of the Spirit. Acts chapter 4, verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel. All this was because this one guy got healed at the gate called Beautiful. And, I mean, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. He just began to preach boldly to the people. In Acts chapter 4, verse 31, when they prayed, the place was shaken and that where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. I mean, they got filled, they spoke in tongues, and now they spoke in boldness because there was this manifestation of power in them, surging in them, through them, and then around them. The Bible says in Acts chapter 6, verse 3, I love this. They need somebody to wait on tables. It says, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among the seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Notice this. In that church, to wait on tables, you have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I mean, they didn't, they didn't just grab some guys and say, You wait on tables. They said, No, no, we've got to find some guys. We need to find a group of guys that are filled with the Holy Ghost. That was the requirement, just to wait on tables, just to serve these widows. And a couple of verses later it says, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. He was one of those guys that they chose. He got filled, he prayed in tongues, and now miracles were taking place. In, in, in chapter 7, verse 55, they get ready to stone him. And he says, But he, talking about Stephen, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven, saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And that, that's something. Here is he's filled with the Holy Ghost, serving spaghetti or whatever to these people. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were Greeks, so they probably were probably getting something different. Probably getting uh, euros or whatever they were. <laughs> and now he's preaching to the religious leaders, and he's preaching, filled with the Holy Ghost. He's been praying in tongues. Now all of a sudden he has discerning of spirits, and he sees into heaven. This is an amazing story to me because he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of God. I thought Jesus sat at the right hand of God. Not today. He saw what Stephen was doing. I could just see Jesus. He just stands up and is applauding that servant of God. But he's filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Spirit. Acts chapter 9. 
Verse 17, Ananias. This is Ananias went his way and entered the house. This is Ananias. This is a great story. Ananias is at home and Paul gets filled with the whole, gets gets blind and goes into the town and and, and the Lord comes to, to Ananias and says, Listen, I need you to go to this house because there's a guy named Paul Saul there of Tarsus. I need you to pray for him. And he says, Whoa, 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 wait a minute. He's killing people. And, and the Lord says, Yeah, yeah, but I told him Ananias was going to come. Isn't that something? God volunteered Ananias <laughs> before Ananias said yes. I love it. It says he's a certain disciple. That means any disciple. God said, I already told you you're coming. So you're going to go. So it says, And Ananias went his way and entered the house and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus that appeared to thee in the way as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and might be filled with the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Paul wasn't qualified to do anything for Jesus until he got filled with the Holy Ghost. He had a tremendous testimony. I mean, he'd already been blind, knocked down, all that stuff. He needed the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Acts chapter 13. Then Saul, who's called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost. I love what people do when they're filled with the Holy Ghost. Set his eyes on him and said, O thou, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil. Man, you better be filled with the Holy Ghost when you're doing this one. <laughs> thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him in a a mist and darkness, and he went about seeking someone to lead him by the hand. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. When he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he spoke. He heard the word of God. He spoke a word of knowledge. He spoke a word of wisdom. He began to operate in the supernatural. This is a guy that got filled with the Holy Spirit, and he said, I speak in tongues more than you all. I'm going to tell you, a lot of tongues, a lot of miracles. Mm-hmm. A lot of tongues, a lot of being spirit-filled. This is what I know about us. We are hungry for the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. We're hungry for them. I mean, we all, we most of us, I think, we were spirit-filled back in the charismatic renewal, and we could go around the room talking about miracles that we've seen. We need that now. We need the manifestations. We see in the Scripture that being filled with the Spirit and speaking with other tongues is precedes that. We want to be filled. We'll be filled with what we yield to. If we yield our tongue to the Holy Spirit, letting Him pray through us, praying the plan of God, prophesying what God wants to happen, I'll tell you, we will see the manifestations. Let me read Jude 20 one more time. This is from the Amplified Bible. But you, beloved, build up yourselves, founded on your most holy faith, make progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Spirit. We rise higher and higher. We go further and further. Faith comes by hearing the word, but faith is built up as we pray in the Spirit and we prophesy and we operate in the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's pray. Father, I thank you tonight that we have the privilege and the responsibility to pray in the Spirit. God, I thank you that we prophesy. We speak, we edify, we bring comfort. Lord, we, we, we bring exhortation to our own spirit man that we might grow strong in you and strong in faith. Lord, I thank you that your gifts, these manifestations are given to every man to profit with all. I thank you, God, that we have the ability 
to pray, to yield our tongues to the Spirit, that we might be filled with the Spirit operating in this power that says Jesus is alive. Amen.